Welcome to Beavis Does Movies, James BB here, and I have the king himself, Mr. Number One, Dave Hollier. Hello, I'm back. Yes, you are back. Very kind, thank you. Yeah, I need the bump in rating, so I decided to bring you along again. Well, I'm back, I'm here to save the day. Yeah, that last episode did really well, and you're a very interesting conversation, so I decided to bring you back, and we have a pretty interesting topic right now. Yes, yes, I'm very excited to uh, talk. Uh, well, you introduce it, you, you throw to it. So, we were racking our brains. We were thinking of doing like a movie originally, but I think you kind of like doing the broad topics. So I decided we should do remakes, reboots, and re-sequels. And what I mean by re-sequels is, there's like a current trend going right now. It kind of started with Halloween, uh, with the Halloween H2O, and now it's kind of Terminator is doing it. And so basically what it is, is forget these movies, this is a true sequel. Right, yeah, this is a, a new term that you dropped on me today that we were talking a little bit before the show. So yeah. re-sequel, it seems to be a, a brand new genre of movies uh, it is, that have come into the fold uh, recently. It's kind of taken away all the bad movies that they did initially and making their own thing because that doesn't work. That's what I've been finding. Yeah. Uh, like with Halloween, there were so many bad movies in between. Even they've done it twice. They've, yeah. They've kind of forgot everything from Halloween two onwards for H H two O. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is something we'll we'll get into a little later in the show. Yeah. But a horror certainly seems to be uh, one of the genres that uh, is prominent in remakes. And I, uh, I know I would even dare say it's successful. Yes, yes, it seems to be the one that, that's the most successful, but we'll get into that later. Yeah. But. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> you, you, you're holding him back from uh, freaking out about right. talking about remakes. Right. Don't give it all away right away. Yes. Yeah. Uh, before that, um, I kind of wanted to talk to you, like, have you, is there anything you've seen that's caught your eye? I kind of want to get like into a general movie conversation before... We actually get into this just sure just movies in just, general just movies, movies in general um if there's anything that's caught your eye recently or anything that you've seen recently that would actually you would recommend to people well i don't know uh uh if, if we're talking about ones that i haven't seen yet that i'm looking forward to i mean yeah. i guess the big announcement today was uh, uh naming uh the new james bond movie and uh as, as a james bond fan yes uh forward uh, to that when it when it eventually comes out um, still haven't seen we talked about it last time still haven't seen the new Tarantino movie uh, uh, looking forward to that uh, when I eventually see that uh, you saw the Joker this past weekend yeah I'd, I actually I'd discussed like it in um, a few weeks ago I, I just I discussed it uh, on the episode and my thoughts are all there so if you want to go back to when I talked about the Manitoba podcast festival that would be the a great place to start mm -hmm. um, for me right now like as we are discussing this is like around the start of October one of the movies I'm looking forward to is the uh, Dolomite movie with Eddie Murphy oh is that uh, right? because it's twofold it's because it's Eddie Murphy is making a comeback yes he's starting okay. to do stand up and he's bringing this character that everybody knows of he's based on a real guy and it's mm -hmm. kind of like a black legend like black exploitation yeah. everyone knows of dolomite in that community Excuse me. and it's also very interesting because it it's really interesting this movie is because it's the same director who is doing the coming to america too so how they work together in this, it will be indicative of how they work right. together doing Coming to America too. So it truly is a comeback for yeah. Eddie Murphy, going back to his uh, his former glory days in the 80s. And, yes. Uh, apparently and he's also talking... some of the same people. Yeah. Apparently he's also talking Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, speaking of remakes, right? <laughs> yeah. Apparently he wants to go back to... I know for the longest time they tried to make that into a... Uh, a TV series. Mm -hmm. uh, apparently, they did a pilot, right. and Eddie Murphy was in the in the like the pilot, but he was his son. So, okay, you know, I don't know his first name, but it'd be the son of Axel Foley. Okay, yeah. and it didn't work out. No, it didn't sound like it would have. No, I think when you kind of bring the son in, it doesn't work out. Yeah. 
like what, what was it didn't they do like Ace Ventura Jr. or something like that I mean that's a whole other episode we could do talking about remakes and and seek and re-sequels yeah that uh, didn't work out so that's a whole other hour so we're chomping at the bit right now we, we keep going going back to remakes so what we're going to do is we're going to uh Gather our thoughts, and we're going to talk about remakes, reboots, and re-sequels. Hey you! Yeah! You! Are you looking for a fun and unique fundraising alternative? Ditch the frozen cookies, holiday calendars, and bingo balls. Have your sports team, organization, or nonprofit raise some real dough by trying a Quizzler's Quiz Night fundraising alternative. Quizzler's is a 12-round fun and interactive quiz game experience. Teams are formed and compete against one another on a variety of exciting topics. It's interactive, it's social, it's trivia. Follow us on Facebook by searching at Quizzlers, on Instagram at Quizzlers Winnipeg, or call us today at 204-793-4202. Mention the discount code BEAVERDOESMOVIES to receive 15% off your next Quizzlers booking. And we are back, and so we are talking about reboots, remakes, re-sequels. Uh, but at the end of the day, we're going to be discussing these, the movies that come from there. Before that, a remake and a reboot, what is that? What what constitutes a remake and what constitutes a reboot? So I'm going to put it to you, Dave. Well, I think the general consensus uh, when we're talking about remakes versus reboots, uh, remake is generally a movie that uh, didn't have any sequels, didn't have any prequels. Uh, it's its own contained story uh, within one or two hour, or one and a half or two hours, and then years later, someone has decided to retell that that one story. When we start getting into reboots, uh, those are movies that have had sequel after sequel. It had a, a film franchise, and they have uh, decided to. Uh, retell that story through another series of, of sequels. Uh, it's very popular in the superhero genre. I, it is very. Yes. Um, so an example of a remake would be, I would say, uh, The Thing. Yes. Uh, the Fly. They're examples of good. Uh, a good, bad example. I'm, I'm at loss for what it's called. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, they did a remake with Colin Farrell. Oh, Total Recall. Yeah, that was terrible. I couldn't recall it because it was that bad. When you first brought up the concept of uh, movie remakes and we decided yeah. to talk about good yeah. uh, movie remakes, uh, I immediately, of course, started thinking of bad movie remakes, and that's one of the first ones that it's... always comes to mind. That and Conan, when they made, remade Conan. With uh, Jason Momoa? Um, I'm not sure who starred in it, but they remade it in 2011, uh, and it was fairly terrible. Yeah, I, I, I believe that was Jason Momoa. Oh, was it? Yeah. yeah. Okay, and it was, an early role for Jason Momoa. I think it was just after he did Game of Thrones. I think uh, he just finished, uh, because Game of Thrones has been running for 10 years. That's, yeah, so that's possible. So off yeah. the back of that, yeah. very similar character. Uh, I've never seen it. I, I wouldn't recommend it. Um, I used to listen to a horror podcast, and all they said was the only good thing was Jason Momoa's hair. Right. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's all I mean, they could recommend. I I was actually in the area when um, Total Recall was being filmed. Yes. Uh, it was filmed in Ontario, Canada. Oh, cool. And I was in the area, uh, yeah. drawing some of the chase scenes. Knowing what I know now, I should have put a stop to it. <laughs> you should have done something about <laughs> because it, Because yeah. that is a perfect example of taking a remake and doing it dirty. Right. Because the issue with that is, because a remake should still always have the heart of the movie and the base elements. Mm-hmm. And one of the base elements of Total Recall is that the fact they go to Mars. Yeah. And instead, they have this weird elevator, like... I mean, elevator. that's just scratching the surface of what was wrong with that yeah. movie. I mean, it was just, it was poorly acted. It was, yeah. uh, the plot was thin. It was confusing. It was all over the place. And it's very strange to go in that direction when you have such an established plot and concept from the first movie. Yeah. Uh, and you start, you, you, you don't want to make the exact same movie, but you don't want to stray so far that what you have is, is what turned out with that movie. Which is just a disaster. 
I think in the, uh, the I think they actually did some reshoots for mm-hmm. this movie, and one of the main things for the reshoots was to have the free titted lady. Right. I think they had to put it because like this ain't total recall. This is recall total or whatever. I mean, that's just taking. You know, that's putting makeup on a pig and trying to <laughs> pretty much spice up and, and add uh, recognizable elements to a movie that is nothing, otherwise nothing at yeah. all like the original, the, the, in, 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 in all the bad ways. Yeah, and the thing I find, uh, th- this is when it comes to like a remakes, the big thing for me is always, I, I it started off where oh it's going to be close to the book, it's going to be a lot better, but now it's almost like a curse. Mm-hmm. You always hear, oh, it's going to be so much closer. Especially with Stephen King. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got The Shining, which kind of strayed away from the book. Yeah. And then he did a miniseries with the, one of the guys from Wings yeah. as a Jack Nicholson role. And apparently it was a lot closer to the book. Unfortunately, because it was a lot closer to the book, you had issues because some of Stephen King's ideas are insane, especially for film, unless you wrote them mm-hmm. in. I think when um, Kubrick did The Shining, decided to make a movie adaptation, he realized there were uh, parts of the book that, that didn't translate to film. And if there's anyone that knew what translated to film and what worked visually, it was Stanley Kubrick. And so he, he took the reins uh, with The Shining and was able to add visual elements that you couldn't necessarily um, realize from the book and it turned out to be one of the greatest movies of all time and that's just the genius of Stanley Cooper because one of the things they added into the Shining it's technically a remake Mm -hmm. but it's like a mini series one of the things they added was because apparently in the book there's hedge monsters that actually crawl towards Danny yeah and they include in the mini series which is a goofy premise especially with how can you imagine Jack Nicholson being chased by hedge monsters? I'm imagining and I don't like it. Yeah, I, I think that what the hedge mage became. Yeah. He kind of morphed into something else, but it, it worked really it, well. It yeah. was goofy. And the fact that Stephen King hates the Stanley Kubrick version, I think he's kind of softened on it now. Mm-hmm. But still, the fact that he actually felt compelled to remake a classic like that. Well, Roald Dahl hated the movie adaptation of uh, Charlie and the Cha- Chocolate Factory. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just an example. That's another one which was just dumb. So, uh, I'm, I'm, I mean the original, the 70s. Uh, I, I'm talking the, about the, the Tim Burton. The, so, yeah, so Roald Dahl was alive for when they made the one with uh, Gene Wilder. Um, and he was resistant to it. He didn't yeah. like uh, that they were making a movie from it. And... Uh, you get that a lot with with authors. I mean, it's your baby. It's it's yeah. your creation. You don't want to see it see it torn apart uh, uh, when there are changes uh, to something that is your idea and you yeah. created. Uh, you can see how some people are resistant to it. But uh, that movie, uh, the the Gene Wilder version, oh. uh, is an example of how you can still create something great with it, it despite changes that are made yeah. uh, to the source material. So, like I was saying though, it's almost a, a curse when the writer initially hates the first movie and decides mm-hmm. to get behind another version because mm-hmm. it has all these crazy ideas that should have been left on the cutting room floor. Well, and I think that was uh, more the result of, of Tim Burton uh, oh. doing what Tim Burton does and that combination of that and uh, Johnny Depp's, uh, let's say, unorthodox acting oh. style. Uh, that pedophile look he had? Yeah, that, I mean, there's just Don't, don't get around, I do enjoy uh, Johnny Depp in some things. Sure, yeah. But I was like, when I heard Johnny Depp was going to be Willy Wonka, I was like, that sounds good. Mm-hmm. But the fact that he just made himself too weird right. for the role. I mean... I, I'll go ahead and say that the uh, 1970s version is, is a masterpiece. It's a classic. It's classic. Um, and it, it's a, a high standard to, to live up oh, to. Oh, it is. It, it's a tough thing. It, it's almost, uh, it almost is in the category of untouchable in terms yeah. of why would you, what, what's wrong with it? Why would you try to do anything different with that at all? Yeah. Um, and uh, it's, 
that movie is just the, the newer version is an example of how uh, that can blow up in your face. I actually feel Tim Burton is very cursed when it comes to remakes. He has a couple under his belt right now. Yeah. You have that. You have yeah. Dumbo. Yeah. Which he made, which apparently is not good. Yeah, I I can't. I have. That's one of the few uh, recent Disney remakes. Yeah. Uh, that I haven't seen, um, but I have heard not so. Not so good things about it. Um, Tim Burton had a really good thing going there for he a while did. in the early '90s, uh, and uh, not talking about remakes, but reboots. When what he did with Batman was was yeah. suc- highly successful, yeah. and that's because um, he took what we had before that um, visually was yeah. the 1960s Batman. Anything yeah. before that was uh, the the uh, Adam West version, which was obviously campy. It was silly. It was. Good, bad, and it was. Uh, a lot of people enjoyed it, but it but it wasn't ba- it wasn't the comic book Batman yeah. uh, tone that that people that that were fans of the comic Definitely. knew. Uh, and when Tim Burton came in and and, and changed the tone and and, and made it a bit in, more like the comics. a bit more like the comics, uh, uh, fans loved it, and and it was that it was Michael Keaton's performance, uh, it was Jack Nicholson's uh, take on the Joker, and it seems like everyone who's played the Joker has their own uh, style, their own style, their own uh, take on it, and all have, have yeah. seemed to have worked. And uh, I think uh, Tim Burton's Batman is like a blueprint too of mm-hmm. Batman in itself. Oh, it set a trend. And, yeah, like from down from the theme to the style mm-hmm. of the Joker. Every Joker since Jack Nicholson has a little hint of Jack Nicholson in them. Because yes. they've taken it from the character. Um, another thing is, like, I actually wanted to talk to you about that, is um, you mentioned that how Batman was a reboot. Let's talk about successful reboots. And okay. What constitutes for a successful reboot? What point does a movie have to like a movie franchise have to be before it should be rebooted. Well, like I said uh, in the intro, uh, it's very popular to do a reboot in the superhero genre, uh, comic book movies. Yes. And where it becomes successful or unsuccessful is when you don't stay true to the source material, in that uh, comics have been around since the 40s, since the yeah. 30s, a long time. And if these characters and these stories aren't what they know and love and you haven't done it justice in that you've brought it to a visual medium to have these realized and come to life on screen, then a lot of people get angry at that. Yeah. And it's it worked for a while when... Uh, Tobey Maguire took over as Spider-Man. The first movie was good. The second one, to a lesser extent, was still good. The third one, they went completely off the rails. They changed the entire characterization of of Venom. Um, yeah. And it made a lot of people angry. So I, what... And the issue with that was uh, studio interference. Sure. Uh, was... Sam Raimi was gone on record to say, I just want the Sandman. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, Harry Osborn as the villains and they were like no we want Venom in there and he it, it was a lesser product because he wasn't fully into it and that is a perfect example of a franchise that stop first two movies are great right the third movie and that that's the perfect time to reboot it right. because they've reached this point where it's to the point of no return same with right. Batman when you had Batman and Robin yeah if they ca- like, have you heard the insane ideas that they had for the fifth um, Batman movie? No, I haven't. Oh, uh, Scarecrow okay. was good. Was going to be in it, played potentially by Nicolas Cage oh, or goodness. Marilyn Manson. Yeah. Uh, they were going to using his fear toxins have Jack Nicholson reprise the Joker. Oh yeah. Yeah, um, they they just they, they went insane. It was just a different. Well, uh, the. That you mentioned how studios could get in the way, and that's certainly uh, a huge factor, especially when you're talking about something like Spider-Man. Because uh, when when the Marvel movies first came out in the early to, late '90s, early 2000s, um, and uh, Marvel was in a bad way financially, oh, so uh, Sony took over. They took over the rights, and 
what you had there then was uh, just a, mo- a, a movie um, franchise. Fran- uh, well, no, a, a, a studio mm. that had nothing to do with the source material. They, they weren't Marvel. So they yeah. are taking over all these characters, they're telling their stories, and it's not Marvel. And I think the most successful incantation of someone like Spider-Man was the most recent movies with Tom Holland, and it's because Marvel had more control. They're like, okay, we know who these people are, we know the stories that can be told, uh, and we know what to do with these characters. And they did it, and they, for the first time, did it the right way with A character that actually looks like Peter Parker. And... It's, it, it remains to be seen whether that will maintain because that's what happens is is you have a successful superhero movie yeah. and then you have to live up to those standards and time uh, goes on and you have to make more movies and as time goes on, it tends to, and it happened with X-Men, mm. it happened with Superman, uh, it, it tends to go off the rails. It does. At, at a certain point in time and you, uh, it's a... You know, you want to make money as a, as a studio, yeah. Uh, but at the risk, and we talked about this in, in movie sequels last time, is uh, what's going to happen is the quality is going to go down as you try to recapture that magic. Yeah. And uh, the the quality is going to suffer. The mo- the mo- the money still might be made, but yeah. it's uh, it's a shame for. Uh, for fans of, of the source material. And I feel with uh, when they do reboots, mm-hmm. I think they're better off doing a slow burn, mm-hmm. building a story, ending, like the first movie, making sure that they end it at that. And if it's successful, they can do another one. But if it yeah. ends at that one, it's perfect. Right. Uh, that was a problem with Amazing uh, Spider-Man. Yes. I feel that was a bad way to do it. They tried to throw way too much in way too soon. They wanted to make their own Spider-Man universe, uh, and they were just throwing. They, they had to introduce six different characters within two movies, and they didn't even accomplish that. Well, it's the trap that DC uh, has been known to yes. uh, fall into over and over again with their movies, trying to keep up with Marvel. Yeah. Uh, the long-standing franchise that has been the most successful for Marvel is the Avengers series. Yep. And uh, it, it's because they have uh, so many characters and uh, a revolving so, many, so, so many stories uh, to tell um, that uh, it's it still remains to be, or it still uh, seems to be fresh. Uh, Endgame obviously no. uh, has now been a uh, an end of, of an era yeah. uh, for those movies, and I think that's the right thing to do is to end it at the right time and. Before you start to go stagnate, stagnate, go yeah. off the rails, all of those things, and that's why, uh, in general, I would argue that remakes are more successful yeah. than reboots. Yeah. Because with a remake, you make one movie. This yeah. is it. This is what you have, and we're not going to make sequel after sequel after oh. sequel, and, and and try to retell a story over and over and over again, and and have the quality suffer more and more and more. I find with reboots as well, they often retell, retell story beats too. If I have to see Uncle Ben or Bruce Wayne's parents get shot again, yeah. I'm quitting movies forever. Well, there you I'm go. Si- yeah. I am so sick and tired of seeing them die. Yeah. It's, that's what is good about this third Spider-Man series. Mm-hmm. There's no Uncle Ben. I mean, they, they presented that, hey, you know... You know the deal. You know the yeah. story already. I, I I love that they did that. Yeah. It's same with uh, Into the Spider Verse. Mm-hmm. They they just glazed over it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and that's what they should do at this point. If you're yeah. going, to, especially uh, you know, remakes are generally made maybe 30, 40, 50 years after the original. Well, sometimes ten. Spider Man, they're they're reintroducing it every five years, and mm. so fans, even casual fans, yeah. Know, know the deal already and they don't need to keep hearing it over and over yeah. and over again uh, I'm gonna just go I'm gonna just go into a little pocket right now um, mm-hmm. just kind of going away from everything have you ever heard of directors remaking their own work uh, I've I can't think of any examples right I have now a, I have a few examples uh, funny games 
can't remember the director's name. He he was a foreign director. Okay. And he pretty much shot for shot remade his movie into another one. Mm-hmm. And it was pretty much shot for shot. It was just in different actors and, and, and in a different language. Oh, interesting. Okay. Weird. Well, I mean, when you're talking about uh, <laughs> making it for a different language, that yeah. makes a ton of sense to and then, give it to a brand new audience. And then you also have, you have quite a few remakes in the horror genre too. Yeah. Uh, like that, like Sam Raimi, he yeah. he did the first Evil Dead, and then the second one is technically a remake because the f- like first twenty minutes of the movie is a remake of the first movie. Yeah, and then you also hear a lot of like even short movies are being remade into feature lengths, and they're technically remakes because they get like a short movie and then they extend it into a feature length. Well, the the uh, Evil Dead sequels were uh, partly done and rightfully so. Uh, when the budget was higher. Yes. They were able to do more with it. Uh, Sam Raimi had places he wanted to go yeah. with the movies, and he sure did, uh, with Army of Darkness. Uh, and it was at that point that he was at the peak of he had the money to do what yeah. he wanted to do. Uh, and that just wasn't the case. Uh, the first Evil Dead was just so independent, so yeah. uh, uh, budget-friendly, let's say. Exactly. Um, even, it was even, still a good story, still yeah. a good movie, uh, but he was able to do so much more as the as the franchise went on. I, and even then, uh, taken away from that, like the recent Evil Dead remake that they mm-hmm. did, that's amazing. Yeah. Because it just ramps everything. So, and it's even like with different characters as well. It, it's technically like... Uh, uh, it's like a remake slash sequel. It's not a re-sequel, right. but it's kind of yeah, in between kind of because all... it's technically a sequel because it, all the events from the first two movies, well, even Army of Darkness, mm-hmm. is in that, but it's not because it's different characters, same situation. Yeah. Now, was Sam Raimi involved in that he project was a, as a producer? Yeah. Or, yeah? yeah. Yeah, he was that. So, exact, I think he handpicked the director too. Yeah. So when, you're, when uh, the original creator is there to... Yeah. Keep an eye on things and make like, sure that shepherd uh, it, yeah. Right, uh, then that usually uh, works out. That would actually be interesting. Uh, mm-hmm. Speaking of that, uh, if Stanley Kubrick was still around during this, the whole Doctor Sleep thing. Yeah, we'll have to see how that goes. That is uh, uh, being presented as a uh, direct sequel yeah. uh, to The Shining, uh, and we could argue that that fits into the category of an untouchable movie, it, yeah. regardless if it's a sequel, remake, okay. what what have you. Um, but there is a book that has been written, and so, so at least there is source material. It, to it's not a cash grab; it's actually based on something. Yeah. Apparently, they have remade scenes from The Shining, right, in the context of this movie. Okay. Yeah. So, and I think he's taken a lot from the Stanley Kubrick, which is very interesting because Steve, um, Stephen King is involved in the production too. Right. So, um, we've started talking a bit about horror, and I, I kind of mm-hmm. want to lump in sci-fi. Uh, why is it that oftentimes a horror and a sci-fi remake is better than any other genre when it comes to remakes and reboots? Yeah, I mean, I I'm not sure. I mean, you are you're the horror guy, so I am the maybe, horror guy. Maybe you can uh, speak more to that than I do, but it certainly absolutely seems to be uh, the case that that is the uh, that that genre uh, and sci-fi to a lesser extent are the two movies uh, that where it seems to uh, uh, work the most and and maybe it's a situation where um, you're taking these stories that were successful originally and you're able to bring these characters these usually very interesting characters into a brand new world um, people have a new way of thinking about the world around them a new way of speaking uh, the technology is different. The um, uh, visuals, in terms of uh, technology of CGI and and uh, special effects, are are evolved, and so you're able to tell that story again, but in a new visual. And what what is what are movies if not a, a completely visual uh, experience? And so when you're able to uh, bring in new technology and um, resources. Uh, to retell that story and, and, and perhaps improve upon it, then uh, I think people have taken that opportunity and it's been highly successful. I find uh, with horror, going on to your point there, horror and sci-fi movies, they're timeless in a way because they're technically creature features. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got Dracula, you got Freddy, you got all those and they're one character and this... It, they kind of take a the story kind of takes a, a back seat to what 
the creature is doing. Mm-hmm. So you can pretty much change a lot of things for it. It's like you can have Dracula in the hood or you can have Dracula anywhere and it's successful because it's based on the performance of Dracula itself. Right. And you can do so many different, especially the more ambiguous the character is. Mm-hmm. Whereas with like say a Friday the 13th, they haven't been successful yeah. doing a, uh, like a remake because they kind of changed it a bit too much. Right. Uh, especially with someone like personality driven like Freddy Krueger. That mm-hmm. sequel did not do well at all. But then when you think of Dracula, you got like the Bella Lugosi, you got Gary Oldman, to a lesser extent Dracula and Toll, but you got so many, even Nosferatu, there's so many different Dracula movies out there and they're all successful because they've carved their own niche because they take aspects of the character. Mm-hmm. Uh, I find, especially if the creature technically doesn't have much personality or is up for interpretation because it's based on a book, mm-hmm. I find it, that's why I find like horror can work in that regard. Yeah, when you're talking about classic uh, horror movies, if you're going back to Dracula, you're going back to Frankenstein. Uh, yeah, there is there are classic novels that have been yeah. written for both, and uh, they're um, established characters. And there are many, many different places uh, you can go with that. Yeah. and they have. They you've you've seen just about every incantation of, of both yeah. uh, Frankenstein every every story seems to have been told uh, with those those characters and I'm um, sure there's uh, you know, Car- Black Lagoon yeah uh, the mummy the, the wolfman yeah. like, even down to that I, because you can also take different ways like mm-hmm. look at how much werewolves have evolved mm-hmm. it started off just a hairy dude and now it's like full on yeah. animalistic giant monsters or even just wolves like yeah. actual wolves yeah so um I think when remaking or rebooting there has to be some wiggle room for creative freedom yeah yeah if, uh, if you're taking something that has the characters in place has the style in place and you try and remake it and it diverts from that especially mm-hmm. the thing that makes it interesting it doesn't yeah. work whereas if you have a basic idea on ev- what everyone knows about. It kind of works in yeah. that regard. I think if we're going uh, as far back as classic horror movies, um, I think every story has been told. I'd be surprised if they were to make a true remake of any of those characters. Uh, there's been twists on those characters, yeah. uh, especially in the 80s. Uh, there was that one movie with the kid. What, uh, that name's escaping me right now, but it's the Monsters something where... Uh, it, the, the, uh, a kid's uh, Monster told, Squad Monster Squad. Squad that's the yeah. one yes, I actually yeah. did an episode so, on that so uh, that was a movie where they took classic uh, horror movie characters and it had a bunch of kids yeah. corralling uh, them to fight against Dracula it was, it was just a brand new twist uh, brand new story and it could be told. considered a remake right. because it's right. taking the Universal Monsters right so and Universal tried to remake a true remake of, of these uh monster movies and it didn't work because no. I don't think you can anymore no I think uh, either you know put a brand new twist on it like a monster squad did back yeah. in the 80s yeah or just leave it alone for now and maybe explore newer franchises and I, so. I, I think the twist that they tried to do was they tried to make their own Avengers <laughs> but with the yeah. but with their universal monsters yeah like I've not seen the movie I don't can't care to see it yeah uh, it just sounds awful yeah no I, I, I don't care to see it either and like I said these characters have been in cinema since the beginning of cinema yeah you know uh, so uh, it's enough is enough with that um, the immediate you know thought that comes to mind when you talk about horror remakes are uh, you know the Halloween franchise yeah. that's come out um you know, you mentioned Friday the 13th, that didn't work out, but they've, they've been trying with, you know, they, they, they remade Carrie a few times. Oh, um, God. And, that, you know, that's uh, those, that was a very polarizing movie. Um, but it just seems to be a, a trope that they keep coming back to is, is now that the technology is the way it is, yeah. now that they're... The world is so drastically different from the 70s and 80s when they were yeah. originally made these movies. Let's 
tr- let's explore these again, and sometimes it works, and sometimes it I'm, doesn't. I'm really de- disappointed in the in the most recent Carrie movie. Right. It had so much promise. Yeah. Uh, with the way society is today, they could have really taken the whole bullying angle with Carrie mm-hmm. into the modern era with like social media and stuff like that. They and with movies showing that they can be more visceral as well. Mm-hmm. Like that that whole ending scene when she rips apart everybody in the prom. Yeah. They could have made that a lot more dark, depressing. Mm-hmm. But instead, it was so pained by the numbers. And you had like a really good main actress in Chloe Moretz. Yeah. They could have really taken that in a really interesting way, but they, they kind of mm-hmm. flubbed it. And that is the worst kind of remake, where it's something that shows so much promise and fails. Same with Pet Cemetery. Yeah. And that follows the curse where, oh, it's going to be a lot more closer to the book. Mm-hmm. But apparently, from what I'm hearing, that the the rights to Pet Cemetery was actually going to be up, so they kind of shit this out. Yeah. I I was thinking because of the success of it, which is a, an example of a great remake. Mm-hmm. Like both of them are great remakes, but another bad example of remakes is when the, the rights are up and they have to shit something out just to keep it going. So is that mate? Is it studio interference that is the difference between a a movie remake working and a movie remake not working. I I, I do believe so. I, I especially believe when there's ulterior motives on bringing it out as well. Mm-hmm. Because what happened was they had the rights and they had to get a movie done before a certain time. So they're rushing. Yeah. They, they've got like six months to make a whole movie, which most good movies are done a year, a year and a half. I mean... When something's rushed, yeah, uh, in, you see in, in many creative outlets, if it's a album, if it's a video game, if it's a movie, it, it generally does not work. In, no, in the uh, in the movie's favor, yeah. When that's the case, so you kind of touched on it uh, earlier. Let's talk this term I made: uh, resequels. Mm-hmm. What resequels are is where they. They take a nugget from a franchise and go, that's it. That's where our starting point is. And the example I'm going to use is Halloween. What Halloween did, they, they've done it twice. Like, they're the standard bearer of, forget those movies, they don't exist anymore. So what happened was, they did Halloween, they kind of shit the bed with the rest of the movies, even though I enjoyed them. Mm-hmm. Even though, looking back, they're pretty terrible. Yeah. They did. They decided on the 20-year anniversary to forget the f- from four onwards, because three is technically a whole of a kettle of fish, mm-hmm. that we're going to do a sequel to the second movie 20 years later. Yeah. And then they did, and it was actually pretty good. Yeah, it was kind of too screamy, but it was still decent. It was still okay. interesting, because Jamie Lee Curtis was back. But then, by the sequel, they shit the bed again. Mm-hmm. And now, another 20 years later passed, and they've done it again. Mm-hmm. And now they've even forgot the second movie. It's just the first movie that you got to follow. And they've even taken away... Because I think what they've done is, with these re-sequels, is they write themselves in a corner, yeah. and they're like, oh, you know what, let's just forget that. Let's just do a brand new thing. And they've done it with Terminator. They're forgetting from the third movie on, and they're doing a re-sequel for the Terminator too. I think I think you uh, you're spot on with the writing yourself into a corner, and that's yeah. kind of what I was talking about earlier with the superhero movies. Yeah. Is, um, the the more time passes, the more that you can get into that trap, and that's why you see reboot after reboot uh, in in those franchises, and that's why. Uh, like I said, remakes, like the, the ones that work, like Scarface and The Thing and, um, you the know, fly. The Fly, The Fly is another example of, yeah. uh, well, the Ocean's Eleven, uh, franchise, uh, you know, 50, 50 some years had passed before they <laughs> yeah, decided exactly. to, you know, so, uh, there's less opportunity to, to fall into that trap. Yeah. And, uh. Uh, and and what are studios trying to do but make money? Exactly, and that's the unfortunate uh, part of the business. But it's it's nice when it works because 
it's 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 movie makers, it's producers and directors and writers uh, caring about the source material yeah. and, and and wanting to do it right rather yeah. than make money because that's the easy answer is all, oh why are they doing it oh to, to capitalize cap, you know bring it to a new audience let's make some money off of this yeah but when you have people that actually care about what they're talking about it yeah. shows yeah and that's where you get you know the the really you know really good interesting satisfying movies yeah. you, you go into them and you're like yeah they did that right that's more like it you know that's more what what i was looking for yeah. of, of this thing that i loved and uh you're talking about um, you know movies that that people loved a long time ago. Let's do this again. You know Disney has been doing that. Yes. Uh, at recently, and they're relying heavily on the nostalgia. Oh, uh, super! The nostalgia factor for these movies, and it's worked because uh, the movies that they're coming out with now are movies that have people of our generation in our resonate with in our 30s you know you can bring the kids you can bring the nieces and nephews to these movies they'll enjoy it because it's a new experience for yeah. them you'll enjoy it even if it's a shot for shot remake like the the lion king has been argued to be in it, it i saw it last week and it <coughs> you know it pretty much was but i still enjoyed it because i enjoyed the lion king yeah you know i saw aladdin it, it was not a shot for shot it yeah. was good uh that that works to rely on the the heavy nostalgia um because the parents can enjoy it uh people of our generation can still enjoy it because it, 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 it brings us back to when we were kids and and when you do a, like the Lion when you do a shot for shot yeah. remake you know you you have less chance of maybe mucking it up because yeah. uh uh, it it's going well, to be like the like you remembered, uh, but I really like what they did uh, with with Aladdin because they 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 changed enough of it while still keeping some yeah. of the uh, uh, charm of the original. Um, so like I said, that uh, that's why I think something like Disney has been so successful. They're yeah. they're playing off the nostalgia, and you know I think Star Wars has done this. even though Star Wars is not a remake. Uh, it's the, technically it's sequels, a reboot. It's, a, it's technically a reboot. Uh, they are um, sequels to the yeah. original, uh, but it, it's it's relying quite he heavily on the nostalgia. Yeah, and, and that like the first movie is technically a remake of the first yes. one. Yeah, it, we, it adds their own. Definitely get into that. It adds their own yeah. things and switches yeah. here and there. It's technically a remake of the original Star Wars. Yeah, but I thought that was a clever move because it mm -hmm. got people back in. It reintroduced it to an audience. It was a tried and uh, true formula that they've done. People are seeing it and they're saying, hey, this is the Star Wars we know and love. What yeah. Those prequels are not the Star Wars we know and love. Uh, we don't know what those were. Yeah. But uh, uh, when they brought those in, it, it was just... You know, and it is... It, it's, it's a move to make money, yes. It is. But it's also satisfying for audiences to, yeah. to get a bit of... Uh, you know, Nostalgia. what they remember, what they love, you know. Yeah. Uh, a, an example of something that I actually recently realized and I actually watched the last movie in this series was that X-Men. Mm -hmm. X-Men started off with a movie and then they kind of rebooted it with First Class. Mm -hmm. And then yeah. funny enough, it became a re-sequel because in Days of Futures Past, they ended up cutting out all the stuff that nobody liked anymore. So this... <laughs> This is this is a hard one for me because yeah. I love X Men. Yeah, the X Men movies are a mess. Yeah, they are an absolute disaster. They are scrapping them now. After the oh. most recent one, they're starting over, and I, they have to. Yeah, because talk what? about writing yourself into a corner constantly. What a disaster. Um, <coughs> the, the the you 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 take these characters and. You make movies that are just the the similarities are only in name at this point. Uh, you know, you you get things that were successful like Wolverine, and you make Wolverine Origins, and oh, I don't like to talk about it, but since that, we're that here, that movie is a mess. Yeah, so but then so that's an example of where they should have instead of. They, what they tried to do is create a continuity among 
what is it, seven, eight movies at the well, maybe six. <coughs> it's a lot. Um, it's a lot of movies. And you got that, the original three. You got uh, you got X Men, uh, First Class, X Men: mm-hmm. Days of Future Past, Apocalypse. That's four right there, mm-hmm. which is kind of like the first class quadrilogy. And then you have the two Wolverine movies. Yeah, uh, Logan's kind of at the end. Logan is, and that's yeah. how it should have been. That's yeah. the perfect end to that whole saga. I mean, that style, the the way they did Logan, mm. is maybe more on point for how a Wolverine Origins, yeah. X Men Origins Wolverine should have been. Uh, that tone, that's more. Uh, the, the, it was the first time you could go truly violent material, anyway. Uh, that's an example of, of a movie franchise that maybe should have tried rebooting. In- yeah. Instead of trying to create this timeline that, through time travel and back and forth, was is just I'll, been completely I'll be honest, jumbled, though, those up. first two remakes with First Class and Days of Futures Past, in my opinion, really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it like the second movie was a great celebration, but from what I've he- heard, a lot of studio interference. Uh, Matthew Vaughn, who did the uh, the first class movie, intended it to be a trilogy. Mm-hmm. He wanted to do X Men First Class. He wanted a movie in the middle with somebody. Mm. Then the third movie would have been Days of Futures Past. Yeah, and it would have been a good swan song because it'd be like, okay, they're all here now. The day is saved. That's the end. And then they could have split it off into like the original X Men doing their own thing again. Yeah. But instead, they wanted to get right to the, the sort. They wanted to get straight to the money with having the two in, incarnations of Xavier and Magneto. The casting in the reboot was amazing. Like yeah. James McAvoy and oh, there's uh, no, Michael Fassbender were amazing. There's no doubt that the um, the the actors, you know, that the characters were were good, but it's the story that was lost a long before Days of Future Past. Uh, you know, when you're, when you're trying to salvage uh, an yeah. entire movie, you're, you're trying to undo what was done in X-Men 3. Yeah. Uh, at that... <laughs> you're, you're in trouble if that's... You're, you're, you're yeah. trying to erase entire movies. You're kind of getting into the, the Terminator yeah. uh, side of things. Well, I'll be honest. I actually walked away from that movie going, that was the way to do it. But then, unfortunately... X-Men Apocalypse happened. Well, there was more. <laughs> Unfortunately, there was more. Yeah. No, no, uh, yeah. So there, that's the way to do it. I would have been happy if they just ended it. It would have been X-Men, perfect. X-Men, Days of Future Past. Let's reboot it completely. Yeah. But no, instead, they, they they wanted to keep they on. They decided to make two more. Yeah. <laughs> and so so yeah. Before, before we go, let's build a compendium of movies that should never, ever... Be remade. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I might... We'll do uh, two each. Okay. Uh, I'll start. Back to the Future. Never ever remake that. And if anyone ever remakes it, I'm going to fight people. You're going to fight someone? I'm going to fight people. Yeah. I, I'll actually go to Hollywood and fight whoever does it. I don't care who it is. I will fight you in the street. Because yeah. you never... That, that movie is lightning in a bowl. Mm-hmm. And you can never ever recreate it. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, um, I would argue that any. I know they're doing the Doctor Sleep sequel, but I would say anything by Stanley Kubrick. Yes, anything Stanley Kubrick has done, you you've shot yourself in the foot. As, as soon as you try to say, "Oh, I'm going to recreate a Stanley Kubrick movie. I'm going to remake a Stanley," you, yeah. you're done. So I would argue that any. I would. You wanted one movie out of what? Whatever Stanley Kubrick has directed, any of his classic movies, yeah. they'll do it. I'm actually going to uh, do one better. Mm-hmm. I'm actually going to say for my second one, it's a bit cheating, but anything that is mainly from a director's style, mm-hmm. like that distinct style that they have. So, for example, Tarantino. Mm-hmm. Any of those Tarantino movies should never, ever be remade. I agree. Because that is 100%... Tarantino's fingerprints on them. Same with Kubrick. He has his style. That's his fingerprints. Do not touch. Yeah. 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 Um, Do you have anything specific on your list? I mean, 
I have a lot. I mean, it's tough yeah. to narrow it down to just yeah. a few, but you got, you know, movies like Goodfellas and yeah. um, uh, same genre. But I, I think before we, before the show, you mentioned the Godfather series. Yeah. Uh, Jaws. Jaws. Well, I mean, they've, <laughs> they've they tried to do Jaws. They've done over sequels, and over but to try and remake that same they're, story. They're, they're original, yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah, Citizen Kane is the classic. I, I don't think I think that's yeah. the one that everyone keeps going to. You never you're never going to try to uh, tell that story again. Um, I don't know if they've ever done It's a Wonderful Life uh, remake, but I don't think you could touch that movie. They, they haven't so called it iconic. They haven't called it It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah, with but that whole that concept. Same story, yeah, concept before. Yeah. Well, that's pretty much a Christmas tale. Yeah. So, so and yeah. that's been done a lot. Mm-hmm. Even though one of them is my favorite movie yeah. of all time. Uh, yeah. Thank you very much for coming on, Dave. We've really rolled on. Like you're a fantastic guest. I'd be happy to come back anytime you want. Yeah, no problem. And you don't have any uh, social media right now, um, but I, I'll just do my stuff. Beaverdoesmovies uh, dot com. We have a new web page. I actually just made it a couple of days ago. I'm pretty proud of it. Right now, it's just a, a hub just to get your episodes. I am working on some new stuff in the future, but it, it is coming. Um, pretty much just go there. Instead of me doing a diatribe, saying all the different stuff, boring you to tears, just go to beavedosmovies.com. Everything is there. And thank you very much, Dave, once again. Uh, we'll definitely have you on. I've got to get you that True Romance DVD. Yes, we will do a a true romance episode coming up pretty soon. Definitely. Thank you very much, Dave. And guys, thank you very much for listening. And I will catch you next time.